And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey, before we start this episode, just a quick update on Jaden Rashada, who you'll hear us talk about on the show. Just after we finished recording, he requested his release from his letter of intent at Florida. We'll continue to follow this story. Check The Athletic for the latest up-to-date information and enjoy the show. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. Today, Ari, we've got, I don't know if I keep saying special guest. Grace is no longer a special guest. She's just a guest. She's a member of the, I just made up the term, The Athletic's recruiting staff the other day. I don't know if we have one, but I said we did, so we do. So welcome, Grace. Welcome to Stars Matter for the third time or the fourth time? I'm not sure. Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think third. So Ari, is she a special guest or just a guest? I got uh I get a lot of hateful comments on my stories every time I write. <laughs> uh, but Grace, I want to tell you, there was one comment I got that I thought was particularly funny. Uh, um, and maybe probably true. Uh, the person said, hey, Ari, you hear those footsteps behind you? <laughs> That's Grace coming for your job. Oh, stop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. That, I didn't put my real name with that post, did I? Or, I, I mean, that's your burner. It might yeah. have been Mitch. Okay, uh, but uh, good, good, good. So she's so. not a special guest. She's turning into my uh, uh, my arch Holy. nemesis if she's going to take my. If she's no, taking... we're best friends, Ari. You know that. We're, we're on the same team here, Ari. But we got a good show today. We're bringing Grace on to talk about her trip to Orlando to the Under Armour Under Armour All America game. We're going to let Ari have the floor to talk about Georgia and proving that stars do, in fact, matter. We have some interesting developments in the Jaden Rashada recruitment slash saga, and we have some trivia. So, Ari, I think we will open the floor to you. Don't take too much time, but talk about Georgia. Talk about all those dudes that were everywhere on Monday night and how they proved that stars matter. You know, I said this on the... uh... Andy Staples show. And I want to know what you guys think. And I'm sorry if I'm offensive because I don't know who you picked, but how could any person that covers the sport and, you know, Nicole picked TCU, uh, Chris Vanini picked TCU, Max Olson picked TCU, like very smart people that I respect tremendously. And I don't want to be offensive. And I guess I'll have to account for this if they ever but what on earth were we doing here? Like, I have no idea how a person could pick them to win that game outright. Now, I think a lot of them or all three of them in their comments as to why they picked TCU was that they didn't want to let go of the dream that, you know, the miraculous could happen and that it was a, a fun story to track and all that. But like, uh, it's like, easy to say that after the fact, it's I not easy to you. say that I put my hard earned money on it. Did you? I've received several <laughs> texts from you about certain teams from Columbus, Ohio at times. I think they're going to boat race someone and they don't boat race them. Now, I agree that this you might have felt with even more certainty in this championship game on this stage. I'm always this stage. More cer- I'm always more certain on this stage than okay. in regular season. But, games. but I, I agree with you. I, I think I mean, I, obviously, I picked Georgia. I can't fathom picking TCU, especially after watching the game. But I think you're going a little overboard with the like, what, are, like, how could anyone possibly predict that? I mean, we've, we got what, like 40 people made predictions. So two or three picked TCU. Sometimes people just want to be a little eight, different. Eight people eight, picked Okay. Them out of what are we doing here? Eight people. <laughs> are he's keeping eight people. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, you're like wrong. You're emphatically wrong about this. Grace, who'd you pick? I picked Georgia. Okay. All right. You couldn't come on this podcast if you picked TCU. So seriously, I'd be like hiding yeah, who, in the corner right now. Who cares if Georgia's got a better player at every single position on the field <laughs> and maybe one player on TCU would start on the other team? I'm gonna pick that team. Okay. Great. <laughs> I don't know. If you don't think that that was a layup, then we're not on the right podcast. 
Like, th- like this podcast is talking about the importance of stars. The label of the show is stars matter. Yeah. There was a talent discrepancy in here that you would find in uh, a blowout that in, in the regular season. There's no reason why this matchup should have even been the national championship game. Did you pick Michigan, Ari? I did, yeah. Okay, fair. But I I picked Michigan um, to win the game, but I picked TCU to cover. Um, Because I think that the thing that we have, and we made this distinction here, Mitch, and I think it's a good thing to kind of get into, and I'm, I'm curious what you think, Grace, is that as it pertains to picking the national champion, you have to have a certain number of players on your team that are ranked high enough in order to accomplish that. It's been well established. It's infallible. Um, we've got 22 years of data to prove it, but I think once you get into the Michigan realm, like picking the number 32 most talented team in the composite ranking against the number 15 team or the number 16 team is far more rational than when you pick somebody in the thirties to beat a team in the top five or the top three or the top two, uh, which is what that was like the, the matchup between TCU and Michigan was far more, uh, level playing field from a talent perspective than the TCU Georgia game or the Michigan Georgia game would have been. And to me, TCU was built more like the other one-off teams that made the playoff in the recent past, right? I think those teams would be Michigan state, Washington, um, and Cincinnati. And all three of those teams had to play Alabama in the first round of the semifinal. And all three of those teams got their doors blown off. So TCU was fortunate enough to continue to, to, to maintain a playoff spot after losing their conference championship game. Then they didn't face an Alabama or Georgia like monster in the semifinal. And then when they finally met the boogeyman at the end of the road, they lost 65 to seven and their second stringers look better than their first stringers. So you say it's easy to say after the fact, well, if you want to go play back every single thing I said on every appearance that I made in the week leading up to the game, you'll find how easy it was to say it then too. Like it was very, very, very obvious to me enough. So that I paid for three months of personal training sessions. Uh, <laughs> on my new get a new body campaign. Uh, in so body, body by Stetson body, 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 body by, by Kirby. Yeah. yeah. Body by Kirby. I like, yeah. That. Cause it's just like, okay, well, if you want to give away free money, Vegas, then I'll take it. You know? I mean, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, it, it was a little bit, nerve wracking because I thought a lot of gamblers that I respected quite a bit that I follow on Twitter um, thought that 13 and a half or 14 points was too much. Um, And I don't know what the reasoning behind that was. Maybe it was advanced, you know, data or stats or whatever, but like my stats, I liked more. So I went with them and I, and I, and I thought if I'm going to spend all year talking about the importance of this stuff, then I got to put my money where my mouth is. So I did. And it was easy. And then I took a nap in the third quarter and then wrote the column in the fourth. And here we are. <laughs> Perfect. That was, uh, yeah, the, the blowout was not necessarily entertaining to watch. Although I feel bad for TCU and, and Grace even, I think, texted me at some point. Like she felt, she felt bad for TCU. Like if it's not going to be a good game, I enjoy the outright domination that we saw. Like it was just, it was almost funny to watch how great Georgia was on that national stage. They were I, eating Buffalo wings on the sideline of the game. Were they? Yes. I, that video was that. wild. I was probably editing your story at that point, Ari, so I didn't... Uh, yeah, there was nothing... Yeah, it's just... You know, I don't know. They were hungry. Where did they get them? Like, who brought those down? I don't know. I'd be a good story, though. That like, seems like a Nicole story. Well, the yeah, game was at, like, 4.30, like, Pacific time, so they were probably hungry. It's dinner time. Yeah, also, they what was the deal? What, what was the deal with the kickoff time? That was so bizarre, wasn't it? Well, it's like everybody 7, 7.30 I thought, Eastern I thought time. prime time was 8.20 Eastern time. Yeah, I was surprised too. Like yeah. I was, I I was all day under the assumption that the game would start like seven thirty Central Time, and then like at five thirty or six. I realized the game was at six thirty. Starting so. like forty. I liked yeah. it er- earlier, the better. After being at the Peach Bowl and it's starting, what at eight twenty Eastern Time. So, so um, let me let me say this okay. because F- finish up because we. Yeah, I'm, not, no, I'm not. No, I'm no. I'm going to change the subject a little. Okay, bit. good. So, as I just spent the last six minutes of the podcast being arrogant. I want to extend an olive branch to my co-hosts and the people listening to the show that what happened against Georgia, though imminent, isn't indicative of of what they did as a team, TCU, that is. Um, 
the coaching staff and what they were able to develop on that roster to put them in this position. Um, the fact that they were able to hit the portal and effectively change weaknesses into strengths on their team by evaluating in such a short amount of time is tremendous. I think Sonny Dykes has probably um, solidified himself as a top 10 coach in the country. And some people might take exception to that. I think it's true because I don't know if any coaches had a single better year. Um, and TCU has a lot to be proud of. And I think they can use this as a building point to continue to put together fierce teams that can compete with top level teams that aren't recruiting at the high level. But the question I got in the mailbag today, guys, and Mitch, you edited it. And Grace, I want to know your opinion is, do you think that as the portal continues to be what it is, that a team will be able to build a Georgia like roster through the portal or do you think you still have to dominate high school recruiting in order to win a national championship? Maybe even five or 10 years down the line. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I lean high school. I, just, I mean, I, I guess it depends. You want to win a national championship or do you want to sustain years long success? I mean, could you win a one-off national championship with an all worldly portal team? Definitely. Um, do I think that that's the long-term solution? Probably not. I don't know. What, are, what did Ari say? Yeah, no, he, he he said that you can't. And I, Grace, I think you make a good point there. You could possibly catch lightning in a bottle. Let's say that sure. the same TCU team and, and let's say Stetson Bennett got hurt in this in the semifinal game and couldn't play. They could possibly win one time. I'm not. I, I lean towards not, but I don't think you can build a. You can't build a consistent playoff team, in my opinion, dipping into the portal for 12, 10 to twelve guys a year. I Ari, think look- that. Georgia would win the national championship in that game if I were playing quarterback for them. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you watch it? Yes. Um, okay. I'm trying to think what what did you watch you, their what second you do well? co- hand it off and watch the running back at eight <laughs> yards a carry? You don't think if they gave me a week to prepare, I could say hike and turn around and hand the ball in either direction to the I running back? I do not think Georgia would have won that game if you played quarterback, Ari. Maybe, maybe wide receiver. <laughs> We've talked about this before. If they go three wide every play and you're like in on the far, you know, left, maybe because they'd have to guard you. Grace, if you had to, we've, we've had this discussion that if we had to put Ari on the, any position in football, 22, where, where could you hide him the best? And we determined it was wide receiver because like literally if they didn't cover him, they could throw him the ball and he could just take two steps and fall forward and get four yards every play. So they'd have to cover him. Like any other position, like you put him on the offensive line, obviously they would just maul him. So, um, so no, Aria, I don't think you could you could be the quarterback. I something I I mean this isn't like a new thought, uh, but I haven't really thought it through all the way. Aria and Grace is like, I think we're at a time now because we talk about these teams having the best talent. Like as good as Sonny Dykes and his staff were, you know, talking to and listening to some podcasts with some smart people. I got the impression that most people think like Georgia, especially offensively kind of out schemed TCU as well. And like by that play where Stetson Bennett ran in and there was two, two, two guys looking for block to block someone. And he couldn't the best programs now have the best coaches. And I don't think that's always the case. I mean, when I was growing up and watching football in the nineties and the you know eighties and nineties, two thousands, like Alabama cycled through coaches. Uh, Georgia had like Jim Donnan who was good, but I don't think anyone, you know, considered him one of the best coaches um, you know, Mark Richt was a good coach. Do you guys think that's valid? I don't know if it's because the money or whatever, but these in Ryan Day's a great play caller. I I just think the best coaches, best programs, have that coaching advantage now as well. I agree with that. Yeah, and I, I think mean, you I saw think probably at Clemson too. Now you know they had some great coordinators. You know, Dabo was more of a CEO head coach, but they they won in part because they had great quarterbacks, but they had, they had great coordinators as well. Yeah. And I think the best programs have the best coaches and the best coaches are also, in my opinion, the best recruiters. And so then you've got your X's and O's aspect of it, but then you, I mean, Kirby smart is very smart schematically. He's also an elite recruiter. So I think it's kind of one in the same now, um, just given the way college football is going. Yeah. I, I watched a lot of teams in my 10 years covering Ohio state, um, just try to rely on out talenting the opponent and 85 or 95% of the time it worked. Um, But I think part of the reason why Ohio state's had a hard time uh, reaching this level of success on the field that you've seen from the Alabama and the Georgias of the world is because that they have lacked uh, consistent 
top level scheming and development, probably more so scheming on defense. Yeah. And, you know, at times during the urban Meyer era at the end on offense. Um, so that's absolutely true. And the thing that, you know, makes Alabama and Georgia, the death star of this sport is that not only do they have you out talented at every position, when you play them, they also have genius coaches that can make you look like a fool with their pencils. So and a lot I, of them and, and, and I, and I, their yeah, staffs are bigger too. So yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that. Um, that notion that, you know, the number one thing that I think is misunderstood about the stars matter discussion. And what we talk about on this podcast is that when you say things so confidently the way that I have in terms of the way that Georgia was built in comparison to TCU, people will listen to that and somehow come away with the notion that I think that that's the only thing that matters. I think that's a main part of it. I think it's probably 70 to 75% of it, but if you don't have a coach that can create a culture or put players in the best position to win, or, you know, come up with a um, motivational tactic that gets people going or whatever the, the other off the field, you know, coaching duties are, of course, those are important. It goes without saying. And when Alabama and Georgia play each other, or when Georgia and Ohio state play each other, and there is equal talent, the team that is coached better and schemed up better will win the game. Um, Cause it's one thing to get through your schedule and constantly beat up on all the teams that are, uh, you know, lower in the talent composite rankings than you throughout the regular season. But eventually, whether you're a great team or a, or a team that's playing above its head, you're going to have to play a team that has both talent and coaching. And I think that that's the one thing that I think Ohio State fans go crazy over because it's like, well, we're built like Alabama and we're built like Georgia. Why don't we have the results? And it's like, well, there's something clearly different, different happening in Columbus in that building than it is in Athens and Tuscaloosa, for sure. I think Clemson's going through that, too, right now. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, their their fans are questioning, you know, are you know, for for probably a 8 to 10 year stretch there Clemson went into every ACC game thinking, okay, we've got really good players, but we probably have the best staff. To- are you saying that Jesus Christ can't scheme? <laughs> <laughs> okay let's move on that is definitely not what i'm saying well let me Uh-oh. ask you a serious question about clemson while you're here grace because you know way more about them than i do but are they also seeing a talent drop i think that's a million dollar question i mean because you look at their recruiting their recruiting is still really solid i mean they just signed another top class um i, I think they are I think they've seen a development drop a little bit, um, especially at the wide receiver position. I don't know that they've they've had the stars that they've had in the past, but recruiting rankings are still similar. Um, but I just I think but it, Clemson's I think Clemson's not to interrupt you, Grace, because I'll let you finish. But I wanted oh, to no, say this because it's important to I want to know what your opinion is. They finished with the number 10 composite class in the country, signed 26 players and only four of them are top 100 players. Is that good enough? It was good. Was well. What's your stat about the three national championship teams that were built not with a? Yeah. Well, what is it? What's your what's the stat? You know what it is. It's my like, favorite. There are two stat. of them. I'm getting I'm getting a tattooed on my chest. Uh, actually, <laughs> in script. You know, have you seen those tattoos from buff guys who have like script on their on their left pec that they take off at the <laughs> Vegas pool after a good pump in the gym? Um, only three teams have won a national championship in the recruiting rankings era. Uh, who have not signed a top five class in any of the previous four years. Those three teams were the 16 and 18 Clemson team and the Auburn team with Cam Newton. And obviously um, all three of those teams had tremendously gifted and generational talents at quarterback, but Clemson was the exception two out of the three times. And all three of those teams also signed top 10 classes in the previous four years. So my question to you is with the way that the sport is set up and Alabama signing 15 top 100 players and Georgia's getting, what was it? 11 Mitch. Um, yes. That means that they're almost getting three and four times as many top 100 players as Clemson. So the Clemson team that you covered in your prime, that was a national championship contender every their single prime, year. Not her prime. <laughs> my prime. Grace, your prime is ahead of you. Are you saying I peaked, Ari? <laughs> yeah, you peaked. Just downhill for me? I got to knock you down a little bit before you take my job. But uh, I, I do. see some of the stuff he slacks about you, Grace. I do think that they are starting to head in the wrong direction from that standpoint. Because when they were the exceptions, the top teams in the country 
weren't quite as stacked as they are now. Like it's getting more and more lopsided. So even though 2011 and 2016 and even 2018 were exceptions, I think that those teams might've had a hard time beating like this year's Georgia team, even though those were really great teams Um, just because it's getting more and more out of hand. So like, to me, this looks like a, a solid class for 95% of the sport, but it's not a class that I would look at and say, yeah, this is the type of class that keeps you in the national championship conversation every single year, regardless of staff and roster turnover. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the million dollar question, right? I I think just my two cents of it is that I think they have good enough players and just need a new offensive system. And I actually just filed a story to Mitch that he's going to read about this in like an hour. They've been running a similar scheme for a decade now. And so when they had Trevor Lawrence and T Higgins, they were faster, stronger, more athletic, better. Um, And they just, they just ran over people, but to your point, Ari, yes, I do think college football is catching up, but I don't think that means that Clemson can't catch back up. I think they just have to decide to not be stubborn with their play calling and, and make some tweaks. But will they have another Trevor Lawrence again? I don't know. But I don't. But do you I don't think, think that think next that, year's Clemson team, when they get on the same field as Georgia, can stack up athletically with Georgia still? Uh, probably ne- no, probably not. But it, I mean, a year ago, they lost by a touchdown. You know, they, what was it, 10 to 3? Yeah, I don't know. It seems like so long ago that game. It does. It seems like it, it was like during your prime, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't I, know. I, w- I think it's a good question, right? I don't know the answer though. Because I, I think that it's not. I, I, I think, and I think Ohio State's now headed in the wrong direction. Like I, there are two teams that signed twenty six top one hundred players combined, and like Ohio State and Clemson and a few other teams are in that mix in that second tier, but the way that Alabama and Georgia are accumulating talent. It's going to go into autopilot mode soon. And I don't think the transfer portal is going to be able to, to uh, what's the word I use? Neutralize that. Like you might, you might be able to find, it's like, is Clemson even taking transfers that are starting for them yet? No, not yet. I so, don't think. <laughs> okay. So then they're not using the portal effectively and they're signing four top 100 players. That means if they do this for three years in a row, they will have 16 top 100 players on their roster. And like Alabama is going to have what's 15 times four. 60? 60. But how many of them leave? Sounds like the Yeah, but some of them leave because they're going to the NFL draft after hoisting up a national trophy. But how many like of them they, hit the portal. They do oh, hit the portal. Yeah, but they don't go to Clemson, so we do need to move on, but one of those teams, the Ohio State, I know are you're talking more future Ohio State based on very recent recruiting, but one of those teams, Ohio State, just was a long field goal away from beating that Georgia team. And who would have thought that the other team in the top five of the composite rankings was the only team that could be competitive with them all year. Like who who would have thought that? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. <laughs> Last Georgia item is Lad McConkey, the best evaluation of all time. This is what I was thinking in the game the other day. Now, I was wrong. I thought he was a true freshman last year. He was a redshirt freshman last year. But here's a guy that had one Power 5 offer. Goes to Georgia as a redshirt freshman, became a key, I don't know if he started last year, a key player. This year on a national championship team, he was the number one wide receiver option, not their number one option, but the number one wide receiver option. And it's not like... South Carolina or Kentucky took a flyer on a three-star from Georgia that they liked. This was Georgia who could have signed someone else, but they liked Lad McConkey ranked outside the 1000. So I just, I'm, I'm fascinated by the Lad McConkey. Like Georgia didn't care. They just like, we think he's good enough. And it's not like it's a fourth year junior who finally 
part, uh, you know, made a big contribution. He basically right away as a redshirt freshman. We should do a story with me, you, Manny, and Grace. Well, probably just Manny, Grace, and me since we're the talent. Um, yeah. We, we <laughs> I'm kidding, Mitch. We should all do it together. We should do the best evaluations of all time because you want to know who my answer was before this. And Grace, you'll agree with me. And the reason why Clemson is the exception. I oh, thought Isaiah wow. Simmons was. Oh, Simmons. Okay. I mean, oh, I, Isaiah, I Isaiah Simmons was a animal in college. I would have guessed Renfro, but yes, I agree. Isaiah but Clemson has like five of them, which is why they were able to do it. But yeah. um, that is a good story idea. But yeah. and it, it was like, what are the best evaluation jobs? And like Ohio State had one when I was uh, covering them. Darren Lee was a three-star yeah. quarterback in high school. And then he turned into a first-round picket linebacker. Because it can't like, just be, sorry for the interruption, or it can't just be yeah. like random three-stars who are good. Because like schools, like I mentioned, Kentucky, like the, Vanderbilt, Wake Forest, they take a ton of those guys. So some of them, every five years, they're going to get an NFL player. It's, it's, the, it's the schools that could choose other guys. But, I agree. But found something in yeah. in this guy. And it would and, actually be kind of an enlightening story because if you did it and you only stuck with the teams that recruited the highest level, then maybe it would help pound out the thought process that only smaller teams or middle tier teams develop. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I, that's good. Um, all right. We've got some drama, people. Good job, Ari. Good job, Jace. <laughs> good job by you. Uh, Jaden Rashada, <laughs> evidently is not enrolled in classes at the University of Florida. And there's some doubt whether he will ever be a Florida Gator. This is obviously a quarterback from Pittsburgh, California, who first committed to Miami, then flipped to Florida. Grace, you saw him last week. I don't think he spoke at the All-America game, but our Alan Taylor wrote a story and everything seemed fine. He was getting ready to enroll. He talked about he was sad because his dog, he couldn't take his dog with him to Gainesville and all this. And that is kind of sad. Yeah. Rumors of, well, you know, I don't, as Grace knows, I don't have a dog. So, (laughs) so, so so nothing to be sad about. I Um, have a dog. It's blind and it's 13. Oh, really? What's his name? It's a her. Her name is Fendi and you can guess who named her. (laughs) Not you. (laughs) Grace is great. Grace, what's your family dog's name? Uh, Gerald. Gerald. I love that name. <laughs> I do love the a dog best. that has a good normal person name. Like I want to get like a dog and just name him Steve. Oh yeah, Gerald. Yeah. Or Frank. Yeah, Frank's a good dog's name. Gerald, Frank Gerald is a good, is good dog. too. So Jaden Rashad, does he throw a pass as a Florida Gator? What do you guys say? I'll let you take this. I don't know how you could possibly answer that. That's why I'm asking you. Grace, I also what say have, you? I have no idea. I I have no clue. I, I mean, feel like yes or no. Answer the question. I'll say no. I'll say maybe maybe <laughs> no since they've got a replace. I mean they've got their quarterback in the future behind him. So, but we the, the assumption here is that this is no an idea. NIL hiccup, right? I, I think so. I believe. Okay. Yeah. So if this is an NIL hiccup, I think it's a an interesting discussion in the broad term because. We have already heard in the first year of the mainstream NIL inducement situation that there have been multiple players who probably thought they were getting something that they didn't get or that they weren't like, wasn't there rumors that Jordan Addison thought he was getting something and then he might not. I don't know how much of this stuff is true because we're not privy to the actual contracts or the agreements that these guys are presented with. Um, But it does make me feel like because NIL is such a, new thing and because the rules are unenforceable and because people can be involved with with types of people now that are offering financial things like if you go into that situation and you're unaware of what you're agreeing to or what you're signing or what's what's guaranteed or you don't have a lawyer look it over like this could lead to a lot of murky uncomfortable situations and it's like if Jaden Rashada is not playing because of an NIL situation then this is the first college football holdout of all time. <laughs> like there's, there's a holdout. Um, and whether or not that's going to be resolved when you say, will he ever throw a pass for Florida? That's a hard thing to answer because I don't know what happened with the financial situation in the background. I don't know now that he's signed a national letter of intent, what that means for other NIL deals at other places. Um, and what his options are in terms of finding a new home that would compensate him if that's the problem. So like, to me, like I know Andy's done some reporting behind the scenes on this, but it opens up an entire new discussion point about NIL protecting yourself, 
like if people are are making financial agreements to go places, guys, doesn't that kind of undermine the form that they sign on National Signing Day? It's like if I were a kid who was making or who was fielding NIL offers and making my college decision based on what I might make as a result of those inducements, there's no way in hell I would ever sign a national letter of intent to go anywhere until the you don't clears. have to sign a national you have to letter sign the national letter of intent. Why are people signing this thing? Why don't you sign the document that guarantees you the cash and then worry about where you enroll? Cause like, I don't know what this means for him. And like, so my gut feeling is that if he, will he ever throw a pass at Florida, Florida, I don't know if he'll ever throw a pass, but I know I, I, my guess would be that he will enroll and practice with them. Cause I don't know what other options he has at this point. We can get out of his NIL and go somewhere else. Yeah, I guess so. But like, can a program communicate with him while he signed to Florida? Like, I don't know how I that mean, works. Well, are you saying there's no tampering in, in college? No, football? no. I'm just saying like, it would be a very difficult situation to remedy given the current circumstances of where he's currently located and, and the timing. I mean, and the timing of it, the fact yeah. that we're, we're now just, yeah, most just schools of our, I, I guess are oh, not it's the Hindenburg I'm, crash. I'm not saying he's going to Ohio state, but Ohio state's in the quarter system, right? I don't know. I think so. They they switched. Up. Well, they switch. it's, they switched it at some point. I don't because I think schools, some schools in the quarter system probably don't start until late January, but most have already started classes. I do so. have a buddy who uh, applied to ten colleges out of high school and uh, said he was coming to all of them, <laughs> and then just like at the end of it, like went to orientation at USC and didn't like it there, and then just went to Oregon because it started later. Well, you have you have to pay a deposit deposit. I don't. I don't know what he did. He said okay. he was going to all of them. USC was expecting him, and so was Oregon, and he chose That's at wild. the end which one he wanted to go to. Late flip. Late flip. <laughs> did he get any NIL money? Uh, he didn't. He's a bartender. <laughs> <laughs> so did he graduate? Yeah, he did, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Believe it or not, Mitch, if you're a bartender at the right place, you can make a shit ton of money. I, I know. I know. I'm, I'm aware. I'm, I'm a former. I'm, uh, I worked at a restaurant twice. Did you graduate? Steakhouse. Did I graduate? Yeah, I worked at it. In, actually, I worked after co- in college and after college. One summer and then right after college, too. Um, all right. So, Grace, we need you to put on your, your UNC insider hat here. Um, oh, gosh. Do you want to borrow my hat? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. Dre Bly is agreed to mutually part ways with Ari's friend, Mac Brown. And Dre Bly has been... You know, I don't follow UNC recruiting that closely, but I know he's considered a very, very, very good recruiter, and he's obviously an all-time great there. How much of this is because of the defensive problems? Does he want to go coach in the NFL? I didn't know if there are any rumors, but this one came a couple hours ago. This one was a surprise. Grace, were you surprised? I was, yeah. The statement was pretty vague, and I think it mentioned something about, you know, so he can explore other coaching opportunities if he wants to, et cetera, et cetera. Um, my big question is what, to your point, Mitch, like what this means for UNC's recruiting, because I think that if UNC ever expected Dre by to make his name as a cornerbacks coach, that was probably short-sighted. Like this was not a guy who had a lot of coaching experience. He did not have, I don't, I don't think he had any college coaching experience. Right. Um, I don't believe so. He was, yeah, he was always going to be a, a, a recruiter and, and supposed to be an elite recruiter. And he got Tony Grimes and I understand basically their whole secondary hit the portal and they weren't developed, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't, I, I don't know. I just felt like he was always going to be the recruiter and, and was going to need help around him anyway to, to develop them. So I, I think on, from a recruiting standpoint, this is a really big hit for them. All right. You, you've written many, You've written about it. We've talked many times how North Carolina made the difficult transition to the cool kids table. I don't think they're there anymore. I think they got relegated yeah, over to the nerd with the nerd. I think, they, I, think <laughs> I think they pooped their pants at the table. <laughs> they got too excited. What what could what can somebody do in high school to get relegated? Like, well, that would that would that wouldn't be a good thing to do. What you're trying mentioned. to think because my, oh, my I, I dropped a slushy one time and slipped in it, and that got me laughed at in high school. Oh no. <laughs> That was, Did you cry? <laughs> that was rough. Yeah, just, I think so. Oh, you Did, you cry from, because, Did you cry because you were in pain or because you were horrified what happened? Actually, I think I was in middle school. Okay. It was even rougher. Yeah, oh, right. Mitch, um, what was the most embarrassing both. thing that happened to you in, in middle school or high school? Uh, 
I don't know. I can't remember. I'm sure there there were several things, but uh, I do you have once, anything? Okay. Yeah, I I once was driving. My dad had a Cadillac CTS back then, and that was a really cool car in 2004. And we were leaving a uh, high school, and at my high school, it's in Arizona, so like all the speed limits are like 50. Um, I, uh, me and a and a buddy were driving next to each other and there were a bunch of girls in a car behind me. Oh no. And uh, my buddy like started like speeding up and it turned into like a drag racing scenario. And we started going really, really fast. And I think I got up to like 83 miles an hour and I was on a 50 mile an hour road. And my other buddy, like once I started going slowed down on purpose and then a (laughs) cop (laughs) was up the street and pulled me over on his motorcycle with his hand. And all the girls in the car behind me drove by and like looked in the like as they drove. and I was like, and then I looked uh to the window and I went uh and then my and then I went home and my dad lost his mind. But I don't know if that's like embarrassing, but that was like it's that funny. was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. That is funny. Because- it's not as embarrassing as like slipping on a slushy in front of everyone. That was rough. You know, was in yeah. the lunchroom? Yeah, it was in the cafeteria. No, poor Grace. <laughs> It's actually. Do you remember what color it was? Yeah, it was like it was red, like the best flavor. Obviously, oh, I feel bad that you lost your slushy and then you slipped in it. I mean, that's probably a pretty refreshing hot. Wait, day. was it your slushy or somebody spilled it? No, it was mine. Oh. <laughs> it was. I had it on the you know little container. And it fell. It it fell, and then I fell. Oh. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes, I'm 35 years old. I still think that's funny. Yeah. So, okay, Ari, Grace, there's not a lot of movement in actual recruiting now because obviously we just had the early signing period, and there's still the the, the one the guys who haven't committed um, probably won't do so for a couple weeks. But there has been some 2024 movement, not a ton. There's three notable ones of four stars in the past like week to ten days that that stood out to me because of geography, and I'll go through them and then we can talk about them. Louisville got a five-star edge rusher, TJ Capers, from Miami, number seven nationally in the class of 2024. Obviously, Jeff Brom, that new staff. Georgia gets Peyton Woodyard, four-star safety from uh, St. John Bosco in Southern California. And Ole Miss gets a quarterback, Desmond Williams, four-star from Chandler, Arizona. Now, they meant, I bring all three of those up. They're out of region, but you've got a, a new coach at ASU in Kenny Dillingham who wants to close the borders there. Forced, I assume Ari Chandler's just right there, right? In Phoenix, yeah, it's a suburb south okay. of Phoenix, but so yeah. n- not saying he was number one on their board. I know they want Dylan Ray, all that, but you get a quarterback from Phoenix going to Ole Miss, you got a line, uh, safety from Southern California going to Georgia, not going to USC, and then you've got a five star edge from Miami, not going to Miami, not going to Florida, not going to Florida State, not going to Louisville. Obviously, we have a year to go, but these stuck out to me stood out to me because you have three relative new staffs, first or second year staffs who probably wanted all three of those guys. Sorry. You want to comment? Totally. You're kind of nodding. Uh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you, did you say the USC one? Yeah. Peyton Woodyard, uh four-star safety from St. John. Boston. I think that it's hilarious that he committed uh, to Georgia <laughs> yeah. on Saturday. And then yeah. they retained the defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch on Tuesday. Uh, not that those two things would, you know, mesh, but you know, I think that the more con- the most concerning one of the three is that one, right? Yes, I would uh, think so. Because USC they need defensive players. I don't know who had a worse defense, North Carolina or USC last year, but it was a dead heat uh to the to the finish line on that one. I would have loved to see Iowa play USC. That would have been the fun game. Um and the reason why they had a poor defense is a conglomerate of reasons or a, a few reasons. And if talent is one of them, then you don't want a fringe five-star player who goes to Bosco to go to Georgia. And like, I understand that like if Georgia comes into your backyard and takes your player, you kind of have to live with that because it's Georgia. So like, I'm not going to fry USC for losing him on him, but like if it's ever going to get better, the first thing that has to get better is the talent accumulation. And it's like right there, you know? And if you're a, fringe five-star safety who lives in Southern California and you watched this last year 
Would you want to go to USC or would you want to go to Georgia? And if the answer is you want to go to Georgia, because it clearly is, then what does USC have to do from a schematic standpoint, a coaching standpoint, or a recruiting standpoint, or all three, to get serious enough about their defensive uh, situation in that program to get to the playoff and, and potentially win a championship? Because my personal opinion is, is that gambling on Grinch is a long shot gamble. Um, and, and, and so uh, far, Antonio Morales wrote a, or yeah. USC writer wrote a column about this last night. Now you could argue that if you're a defensive player from Southern California, you watched USC say, wow, that offense is pretty damn good. That defense is not very good. I can come in, start, be the difference maker, and we can win a national championship. So that's true. Or you could say, I'll go to Georgia and win a national championship and be a first round draft pick and never have to worry about whether this works or not. You know, um, USC produces first round draft picks too. I, I just this is a whole nother discussion. I am more of the first round first round draft picks are recruited, not developed. Like guys are first rounders from all over the place. Like they're they're first you think rounders because they're awesome. Like it's and music yeah. to my ears, but you think that all the time? Not, I mean, not every case. I there sure there are cases where Nick Saban took a kid and that guy got mu- that much better. Like I will say this about Jay Billis, I'm stealing his quote, but, you know, people always will let it to it's not fashionable, like in the past few weeks to talk about how great Kentucky is in basketball. But he'd always say John Calipari doesn't develop NBA lottery picks. He recruits them. He, yeah. you know, they, these guys get good players. So, like, I, I, I get it. It feeds off of itself because kids will tell Grace, they'll tell Ari when you call, talk to him, like, I want to go to Deuce Robinson. We're going to talk about him in a minute. I think it was in your story why he's interested in Alabama because they produce NFL draft picks. So if the kids think that's the reason, that's the reason. But don't the tell last me time Deuce Robinson's USC, not going to be yeah. – it's because they haven't had good enough players. That's true. USC's uh, last first-round pick in the uh, defensive side of the football was 2017. Yeah, you know why? Because their defense stinks and they don't have good enough players. Now, I, I'm not saying there's no development going on at Georgia or, uh, or Alabama or whatever, but I just think to sit here and say that this guy, Woodyard, is – picking Georgia because he wants to go to the NFL. Now he picks them for his own reasons, but if he's a great player, he's going to go to the NFL. If he goes to Oregon state or if he goes to Georgia. Yeah, or... I'm with you. I agree with you. Yeah. I think that if you are good enough, you will get developed enough to be a first round draft pick. Now there is a question about exposure. Sure. Um, and I know every game's on television, but playing for Georgia or playing for Alabama, you get a bump for making it through those programs because of how well they're respected from NFL personnel. Um, sure. But there's also the question of, um, the question of why risk it even if that's true and you and you believe in your in your ability um why would i go to the place that's only had one defensive draft pick in the last five or six years when i can go to the place that does it every year like why what's the point of of testing out usc and thinking hey this is the place that i'll i mean it doesn't matter where i go i'm gonna make it you, you go to the place that does it continuously over and over and over again because it's the path of least resistance so that's that's the thing and like also too usc has um taken a lot of defensive players in the last three classes that were highly rated that haven't turned out to be very good like i'm looking at don uh that is true at at foreman Corey foreman um sia wright was pretty good but you know not great like some of like rajon davis they're hoping that these guys will turn into monsters next year but like it's not like you know, you watch their defense and the way that they've recruited the last five years, aside from that really terrible class. And was it 19 or 20? They've had really good classes. So it's not like their players are dog shit. Like, I mean, they have good players. Yeah. No, I, I'll we'll move on, but I'll, I'll clarify and say, okay, if, and I'm not saying this is the case with Alex Grinch. I know he's coming under fire, but if there's like the thinking out there in the scouting world, the recruiting world that a certain coordinator doesn't do a good job developing, I get that. So like, maybe you don't go to that specific school, but my mind's just more big picture that if you're a great player, you're going to be you know, you, you, you're going to be a, you're going to be a first round pick. If, if you live up to your potential, I don't know if it's because I cover this um, or I have strong opinions, but I know that if I were a five-star prospect and I was legitimately very, very good and I wasn't worth, you know, you, you know, there's certain players that come up through the ranks that are just going to be awesome. No matter what it's like, there is no question in my mind that I would go to Ohio state, Alabama, or Georgia, depending on where I was I from. You said that all the time. Area. I just don't I, I, you know, I'm going to use Stanford as an example. When they were good eight, 10, 12 years ago, or maybe six, eight years ago, they had some dudes on defense. They recruited some dudes, some four stars, some five stars, five star offensive linemen. They sent a ton of guys to the NFL. They weren't Alabama. They weren't Georgia. 
they develop those guys into NFL prospects. They haven't recruited as well. They don't have those guys anymore, and they're not producing NFL players. So, like, it's just you don't need to go to those. I'm not saying that you believe in yourself, Ari. Don't just go to a factory. There isn't a single player that has signed with Nick Saban since he took over at Alabama and has stayed on that program for three years that hasn't won a national title. Right. Well, that's a different. That's a different. We're not talking about national title right now. No, I know. We're talking about. I'm not done yet. Okay. And their draft numbers. (laughs) Their draft numbers are in. Because they have good players. So why would you mess with that? Because. I feel like we're talking about generational I, wealth if, here. We're not talking about a personal I'm not, if I'm If I'm a five-star player, I don't think I'm risking my first-round status if I go to Stanford, if I go then to why Florida. Why does Stanford recruit like crap then? Because they're not good enough to get the great players. This is all circular logic. Let's, Grace, who's right here? Please say me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're my editor, you're right. Yeah, good answer. It's like you um, can make it you can make an analogy to a non-football analogy. It's like you are a very smart tech person who created a company and sold it for a hundred million dollars. And you are smart in investing in numbers and math because uh and that's what helps you build your company. But there's also an investment specialist over here that could take your hundred million and has a case file of a million people that they helped turn that one hundred million into a billion in five years. Do you trust yourself because you're smart, or do you go to the place that is un fallibly or infallibly proven to do it over and over again that's not a good analogy <laughs> because like in football you you're, you're the saying one bet on yourself i'm not betting on myself when i you're have a 50 million dollar contract you're the one performing though you're in, in your your analogy you're asking someone else to invest the money whether your 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 strength isn't investing you're trusting money. your future with a coaching staff right that's Go your look at the first round specialist. picks every year they're all from all over the place. There's a ton from Georgia. There's a ton from Alabama because those schools recruit the most five stars. So they're going to have the most first round draft picks. Well, I'm happy that Gabe wasn't a five star defensive end because he probably would have ended up at Wake Forest and you would have ruined his career. So <laughs> I'm, I'm happy he's going on an academic uh, uh, pursuit there because uh, you, you got this okay. ass back. I was basically, I, w- I would have ruined his life if I would. If I, I agree. Yeah. That's what okay. I said. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, you wouldn't know you would have ruined his athletic uh, potential. Okay. Speaking of five stars, Deuce Robinson, one of the few unsigned five stars, uh, Grace uh, talked to him at the Orlando, at the Under Armour All-American game in Orlando. And I don't know, maybe it's like the Gronk thing or just watching the NFL, how it's so fun to watch great tight ends. But I just, I'm intrigued by this guy. I think we all love really athletic tight ends. Grace, you talked to him and his dad's baseball prospect too. Story was published last week, uh, but just kind of talk a little about Deuce in, in, in his recruitment and where we are with it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think he's the most intriguing unlimited prospect left. Um, he's huge, first of all. Just seeing him in person um, and in pads at the Under Armour event was very. Isn't it something to see him in person, Grace? Because I, I, I first saw him in person too. I was at the Elite Eleven, and he was running routes because they had receivers there. And I, and I said to Antonio because I didn't know he was there. I said, "Who the hell is that?" Yeah, and I pointed at him because he's like six six and has a six pack and. Has really great, great eyes too. And he was just like running (laughs) past every, and I was like, who's that? Right. He's impossible (laughs) to miss literally. Like, I think he's the person that even in a camp full of 155 stars, that is kind of the effect he has. Like, who is that? Um, So I'm really excited to see where it goes. I, I don't know. He doesn't even seem to know what his timeline is. Obviously the baseball part of it is a big part of it. Um, and I thought that was something interesting that his dad said that that kind of helped them eliminate schools because they wanted to be at a place where it wasn't like, yeah, you're allowed to play baseball or, well, you know, we'll let you play baseball. That was something that's going to be a really huge part of it. But yeah, three of his four finalists offered him in offered baseball him first. first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that where was, was Vandy. Interesting. <laughs> right. Where was Vandy, Mitch? I don't know. I, I'll, I'll call Tim Corbin right call up and say, Deuce up. Robinson, let's get, let's get on the horn. He hasn't signed call yet. Call him up. Yeah. I think Deuce um, Robinson is the epitome of why stars matter because he is the type of athlete who could be on the field with a bunch of other athletes. Because, you know, at Grace, at these camps, there's a million people running around. It's overwhelming. You don't know who's who. A lot of times they're hard to recognize because they're far away and you don't have a roster. Their numbers are three digits. It's hard. Or he's overwhelmed. I get overwhelmed overwhelmed at those things. I'm one person. Yeah, you're one person there and you're like, write stories and they're a million different directions. 
and they're walking off the field. You don't sometimes oh, do they, buy football, they, right? They Ari? take their jerseys off and they take their jerseys off, and you don't know what it is. That, yeah, that um, got me in trouble. It's this hard, time. but the truly elite ones always rise to the top, which is why everybody always says, "Well, recruiting is an inexact science, and it's hard to." But these guys who go to all these camps, these two four seven, these rivals guys, who you know, go to camp after camp after camp and see the same prospects over and over and over again. It's fairly easy to rank the top hundred players because it's so abundantly clear. So when we're talking about recruiting rankings and top 100 players, which is why we make that distinction in all the stories that we write, it's because they are so far and ahead away better than everybody else on the field at that level, that it's almost impossible for them not to be great at the next level because they got such a high head start. Now it doesn't mean that a hundred out of a hundred, are going to turn out to be amazing players. But the more of those types of players you have on your roster, the more likely it is that you're going to have a really good football team. So that's the entire premise of it. So, Grace, yeah, where do you I think? I mean, where's he going? Where's he going? Where's he going? You know, <laughs> to me, Georgia seems like a, a an obvious yeah. with what they do with the tight ends and the way they use multiple tight ends. You know, what are your thoughts on, on him at Georgia? Yeah, I think that's. And I think that's where he's crystal balled. But to, to your point earlier about our debate on, you know, whether these kids get developed, I don't think he necessarily, I don't think he needs to go to Georgia to get developed as a tight end. I think he needs to go to Georgia to get used as a tight end, just the way that they use multiple, they're in 12 and 13 personnel, you know, they just use them differently. Um, but wherever he goes, I think he's a, a day one um, impact player. I mean, he's just so big. He's so athletic. Um, but and to I, make, I would, I would to make up with you, this. Mitch. Yeah. Uh, this is the type of player that could go anywhere. Like in the, in yeah. your debate, like this is the type of guy that if he went to U of a, he would just turn into their Gronk. You know where his dad went? Where does dad go? You didn't read the story. I see. I did, but I can't remember anything. <laughs> Arizona state. Where's Somebody Kenny going? Get on the horn. Dude. Wait, did he? I thought I went to Florida state. Did you read the story? Yeah. Someone's story. I, I did. Recently, their dad went to Arizona state. Interesting. I think it was. I think it was Arizona State. Maybe Grace, mom, you wrote it. Where did his dad? His go? mom. I think his mom went to Florida State. Maybe his mom swam in. I think Florida. I think in Florida. It's so funny that the editor of your story is making fun of me for not remembering a detail in your story, and his job is quite literally. It was a like a week ago. I've read like read a lot of stories. stories and, thank you, Grace. Okay. <laughs> well, just don't throw stones then. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Um, I do think Arizona State should have. Yes, I mean, obviously, if if you're Kenny Dillingham, I like it's probably too late for you. But Deuce Robinson would be my number one wish list for the next. Like, so it's not you. I'm incorrect. I'm incorrect. I I read a story recently. It was you know who it was. I think it was Jaden Rashada's dad Mm. who went to Arizona State. Arizona State offered Robinson as an eighth grader before he even played tackle football, which I'm reading in Grace Rayner's story. So, um, yeah. So. but yeah, obviously, I think Kenny Dillingham and that staff got in too late. But to your point, are yeah, he's just a he's a guy. I'd be shocked if he's not like on the freshman All America teams next well, year. What he are his final like, four? Alabama, Georgia, USC, and Texas. Yeah. Yes, and he was talked about maybe a visit to Oregon. I thought USC was the team to beat here. Is that cooling? Early, it's it's back and forth. Um, and then who's the? There's another. Who's the tight end that just visit? Uh, there's another four-star tight end, maybe the kid who decommitted from Stanford. I'm getting confused here. Who looks Walker like Lyons? Might, yeah, might be headed to Georgia. Uh, Walker Lyons the- got a crystal ball to Georgia too. Yeah. So, and the thing that's interesting about that is that Georgia already has two tight ends in their class, don't they? Yeah, they do. So, yeah. like, I mean, Deuce Robinson doesn't have to worry about that because whoever he, wherever he goes, he's going to be the guy. Um, but I could fantasize about what he would do to the Pac-12 defenses. <laughs> And there's one thing about him. He is not like a lot of top baseball prospects. They have the, and I don't really know how good he is in baseball. I didn't, uh, if he's like considered a, a first or second rounder, kids that good, take the money and, and go to the minor leagues. His, his dad basically told Grace, right? He's that's not, they haven't even talked about that. He wants to go play college football. He wants to play college, college uh, baseball. So, but he's what also, position does he play in baseball? Is he a first baseman? He's not an outfit. He's not a pitcher. If you ask his dad, he's not a pitcher. <laughs> he's an outfielder. He's, he's an outfielder. His dad ripped on his pitching. Does um, he just jack bombs all day? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm he's, sure. What is he? Six, five. I know it's. Yeah. That's like, like that's, that's like the borderline height. 
like you know they say Aaron Judge is an anomaly because he's like six seven and, and can swing about like six five is kind of the 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 ceiling for really good outfielders usually I had so, no yeah. idea that Aaron Judge was six seven yeah he's like historically he's he shouldn't like they're guys aren't that big like in in, in productive baseball players the 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 uh the list is very small um so yeah looking for and he's also a guy that does not need to announce by february 1st you know he can take his time take his visits no, no schools turning him down especially now with the, the hard cap you know lifted they can always find room even if you're at your scholarship limit Scholarship just, limit. Just cut the Stetson Bennett on your roster and make yeah, you don't need Stetson yeah. Bennett. Tell, <laughs> tell him to go to Jones Community College. The and, lad uh, McConkley. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I want to tease. Um, it'll be tomorrow, or actually, the, I think the pot will be up later today, Wednesday or Thursday morning. The first Manny Navarro State of Florida recruiting mailbag. Manny did a great job mm. with it. Some some good stuff uh, about all all five. Well, all four now P5 programs because UCF and then there's a USF question. So so Manny knows the state of Florida recruiting very well. Did a great job with that mailbag. Um, Grace, what county is Greenville, South Carolina in? In Greenville County. Uh, we're going to do a Greenville County recruiting mailbag next Love week. Love it. Okay. So uh, you'll be all over that. And then Grace had today a story on Loomis Chaffee School, uh, an emerging p5 talent producer and i got a slack message this morning from max olson who wrote about loomis chaffee for the athletic in 2020 which i didn't know about um, not not really he wrote about the kid uh who's that the first one the first uh signee they had the kid who went to arizona he wrote about him from canada oh, yes so uh but he was the first p5 signee from that school in about in in decades maybe and they've got four four stars in the class of 24, another three-star Dante Reno, the quarterback going to South Carolina. So it's, it's, it's just weird how some of these schools just kind of flip a switch and say, we want to be good. They start attracting some, some talent. And, and this is interesting, Ari. I don't know if you read the story yet, but and Grace, one thing that stuck out to me is like how college coaches, these kids who go to boarding school, and I hadn't thought about this, they're ready for college. The schools are always good academically. They live on their own. They know how to budget their time. So when they go away to college, and Grace, I believe you went to a boarding school, didn't you? I did. So you, yep. I mean, you, when Bishop you go to Sycamore college. Sycamore was a board, boarding school. Yeah, it, it was. So these kids, <laughs> these, kids, these kids are more college ready than most. And that, that's got to count for something. Grace, you went to boarding school? I did, yeah. It was only about 50 minutes from my house, though. So. Would you want Grace living in your house if you were a parent? You just kicked her out. I mean, yeah, like, get out, right? Wait, yeah. what does that mean? Did you have a dorm or did you live with some other family? I had a dorm. I had a dorm. How many I years saw, did I mean, go? I was there all four. I mean, wow. I saw my parents, like, th three or four times a week because we only lived, like, we were right on the fringe. Like, I lived 50 minutes away, so we could have commuted, but the boarding school schedule is just so intense that it just made more sense to board so was it just like a good academic school yeah my my uh my county was having issues with our like right when i was going to high school there was talk about our high school not being accredited so Ooh. um yes so you lived in a dorm when you were 13 i did yeah that's crazy i didn't know that about I you i did i didn't have a cell phone the first month i was like the only person there that was, i had to like use the hall phone i was like what did is you make it? friends with did you have a roommate or did you have your own room uh i had a roommate my first year and then after your first year you get your own room it was your roommate i never saw your friend either did my did my roommate what is that roommate still your friend yeah she's super cool she's a wake forest girl Mitch. all right there we go yeah. go deeks yeah go deeks that's I, I didn't know that yeah, the whole board. Well, I didn't have it in the sense of, I mean, like, you know, Ola Salinen is coming from Finland. Like, I feel like he probably <laughs> had a, a, you know, I got, a, I had a sort of hybrid experience, but it is, I do think there's a lot to be said for um, you just learn how to manage your time and you're ready. And the adjustment period in college is, is much easier. Well, you say Morganton, North Carolina, is sort of the Finland of central North Carolina. Yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. Morganton, 100%. South Carolina. North Carolina. Gabe, North Gabe, Carolina. Gabe texted me the other day, driving back to school and just said, he just texted me driving through Morganton. Oh, so, the best. Yeah. So he knows the Starbucks there. I got off the, all right, do not get up at the wrong exit in Morganton. <laughs> There's a Starbucks at one. I got up at the wrong exit. The coffee was not Starbucks quality. I'll just put it that way. So, <laughs> what was it? It was it was just some gas station that Probably like 7-Eleven or it something. It wasn't the cleanest place. So no, I'll put it that no way. Chance. So uh yeah, because we drive right through on the way to Winston-Salem. So. Where did you grow up, Grace? 
I grew up in Mornington. It's like at the bottom of the mountains. It's like 50, 45, 50 minutes from Asheville, which is where so I went. Where was your boarding school? school? Asheville? Okay. So it was like Asheville, really, yeah. really pretty places. Oh, so pretty. Yeah. I went to boarding school at Arizona, University of Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, ready for a little trivia. Anything else, Aaron? Grace? No, uh, no, it's okay. I'm tired. Okay. Um, All right, so... This is more, there's a series of questions here. This was more just interesting stuff to to spur some discussion. Um, But how many schools have signed a top 100 player, at least one, over the last four cycles? So just have to have, like, it could be if Wake Forest signed one. I'm not, they didn't, but like just one. 41. Race. I don't know. I was not going to guess that high. Uh, what'd you say, Ari? 41? That seems so specific. Like, you know. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm even. I, I It's not going to be. I think Ari finally figured out how to open up my Google Doc. So, like, he's, he... <laughs> did I hit it? Grace, what's your answer? Hey, I don't know. Like, Grace, 30 38. Something? Grace, say 38. 38. Good job, Grace. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Ari, you have gotten, you are on a really good run. Of coming pretty close. Well, I know a lot of teams. Like, there's a high, there's a high number of teams that have been signing top 100 players, and like, there's one-offs in every class. Right. So it's like, I mean, I'll just go look at the the player rankings right now. Like, you already have Texas, Miami, USC, Tennessee, Alabama, Oklahoma, A and M, UCLA, Georgia, Oregon, Ohio State, and Florida State. I mean, you already have like 20 already in the top 50 this year. Yeah. So I knew it had to be at least double that. Yeah. Um, okay. Six schools have signed 27 or more. Basically, there's six schools that are at the top, like head and shoulders above everyone. Can you name those six? I bet you we can name at least three of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Georgia. Georgia is tied for second with Grace's beloved Clemson Tigers. At Why don't you give one of the answers away? I don't know because they were tied. So who's number one, Ari? Alabama. Yes, forty-five. Alabama's forty-five. Georgia and Clemson at forty-one. Who's fourth? Ohio State with thirty-five? Who's fifth? A and M. Yes, thirty-three. Mm. Who's who's? I mean, they had six? eighteen of them in one class. Yeah. Who's, <laughs> who's uh, six. Um, this is going to be. This is the last team, right? Yes. Um, LSU would be my guess. Grace. Uh, maybe Oklahoma, Notre Dame, LSU, 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 LSU? LSU? twenty-seven. Okay, oh. so th- those <laughs> six, those myself, <laughs> those six teams have signed Russian trivia, two hundred and twenty-two of the four hundred top one hundred players over the last four cycles. So those six schools have signed fifty-five point five percent of the top one hundred players. Will so, you send okay. me that stat so I can tweet it and waterboard people with more stats about this? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. Who is uh of that that six, the big six? The cutoff was twenty-seven. Who's seventh with eighteen? And it's not Oklahoma. Oh, they might be close, but they're not. I just 
I didn't write them down. So there's one. Did you include the 2022 class? Yeah, the last four. 23, 20. Yeah. And, and 23, ca- I meant. Caveat, sorry. there's three unsigned. So my, my stat's not. Oh, there haven't been 400 guys have said it's like 397, I guess. Um, my guess would probably be USC. That's what I was going to guess, too. Incorrect. Mm. Oregon. Incorrect. Penn State. Incorrect. Oklahoma. I uh, incorrect. <laughs> Miami. <laughs> Not correct. Notre Dame. Wrong. Florida State. Not right. I'm coming out wasted. Who the who the hell is it? <laughs> Not right. <laughs> Texas. Not Michigan. Boom. Texas. 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 How do we not get Texas? Yeah. <laughs> I, know. I know you just Yikes. forgot about it at some point. Yeah. We were doing so well, Grace. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So are we All done right. here? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> are we done here? Yeah. I'm kidding. Know. That was a I, that was a spirited episode. I I enjoyed that one. That was a yeah, good I enjoyed show. watching Grace's facial expression when when Ari and I are just uh Having I, I think Grace is just like her mind is blown by who I am as a human. I don't know. Like, I just think that she's just. I think there's some truth to that. I love it overall. so much. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Please don't take my job, Grace. Uh, Never. You hear those feet behind you, Ari? You hear, <laughs> yes, you hear those me, steps? Like, running to give you a hug, Ari. Aww. What you hear those are. steps? She's coming to take your job. Well, you know what? If you do, Grace, you deserve it. You've been incredible. I'm excited about. Um, the expanded recruiting coverage that we're going to have at the athletic uh, people tend to like it. And uh, I'm happy that we're doing more to provide them. Uh, awesome show guys. Thanks for letting me talk over you for 50 minutes. And uh, the Grace, I want your opinion on Clemson, but I'm going to talk about Clemson for five minutes. Is that what, what I did? Uh, I'm exaggerating a little bit. I feel bad. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I just want her to agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> Stars do matter, Ari. I, I did there we call, go. I there called we go. the demise of Clemson two years ago, and it's yeah, happening, you did. and nobody you did. is like acknowledging it, and it annoys me because it's We're already it's it. already happening. Like I'm acknowledging I, it. That was Stars Matter. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>